0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. (sighs) Hi community, this is Parker. Have you registered for Mobile Tech Expo? We hope to see you there on the community stage doing episodes. Or at the community pub at five on Friday after the show. Register at mobiletechexpo.com and save 15% by using the code Pints. Enjoy the episode. that would be an idea out of that, like you see where I'm going? We need conversations. I'm for next question Absolutely, absolutely. So just a second for that next. All kind of transitioning in real time kathleen b from chicago asked what are the three things uh that recent or soon-to-be graduates can do each day to improve their chances of landing a purposeful job i love that question so number one is content number two is content number three is content well here's what i let's say you're watching right now everybody and you want to get a What's up, man? All right, I think we are pretty good there. All right. Grace, Yep. Uh, Three, two, one. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm your host, Marshall Hill. Find me at Total Auto Solutions, or uh, if you want to go on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App, or just shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. I am joined here by Nick from uh, the great city of Las Vegas. You can find him at uh vegas.rides or shoot him a uh email nick at vegasrides.com nick thank you as always for taking your time out we are continuing a series that uh well it's been very interesting i know the feedback's been good for people as we're studying and going through the mindset of how detailers can grow their business we're calling it the mindset yeah. of money detailers the detailers that haven't pigeonholed themselves into one direction but have seen the uh their overall industry, and have chosen parts of the industry to continue to push forward in. What we mean is they have not just narrowed themselves down into only one particular way of making money. How did they do it? Why did they do it? And that's why we're diving into the mindset of money detailers. In this series, now moving on to the second point. All right, we are, we're doing a financial discussion in a sense, but financially in a different way but it is the, yeah. the mindset of, uh, of how we should consider finances when it comes time to what? To grow our skills through some training. Uh, it's very interesting. I know that uh, many people have listened to what we say on training and I've gotten specific messages that have said, hey, I know you're against training. <laughs> well, I'm not against training. I couldn't be against training if I go and lead trainings myself. So it's not that I am against trainings. There's just certain things that I think that training should bring to the table. Like there's certain things that you as attendees should uh, bring to the table or not bring to the table. And I think uh, there's a lot that uh, attendees should listen for, should digest and should take away. And so we're gonna dive in on the mindset of it. Nick, has it surprised you how many new trainings continue to pop up almost now. I sent you one that now you can supposedly make a million dollars, a million dollars. Nick, have you known any, I mean, I'm not saying there's not any, but I just, I haven't personally, have you known any detailers to make a million dollars?
1: Profit a million dollars I think is, is, is probably pretty rare. Uh, Businesses that gross over a million. Sure. Uh, a lot. No, they're the 1%. Uh, you know, you hear about it in sports, you hear about it in life, the 1% of things uh, or people or businesses uh, fall into this category In industry. The detailing industry would be the same way, right? A uh, million dollar grossing detailing business would be in the 1%. But, you know, if you do this long enough, you know, people that are very successful, you know, people that do things the right way, that have the mindset of money, and profit in their business. They don't identify as detailers. Uh, They identify as business owners. Yeah, those people do find that success. Uh, The thing that surprised me is just how many we see popping up. Uh, I think it is a red flag in our industry that seemingly somebody that's been doing it five minutes is now talking about training people on skills, training people on the business of detailing when they haven't found very much success in some instances. Uh, or the ultimate red flag is somebody's running a pure training business and we're, hasn't detailed a car for money in 20 years and is charging $4,000 for a week worth of training. I think there's a lot of red flags around uh, around the training systems in our industry, the training protocols in our industry, the training, the amount of training in our industry. And I think it'll be a great topic for guys uh, because again you kept stating it we've never been against training. This is sort of the problem doing these things is that people selectively sometimes take information and don't listen to the entire podcast or don't listen to all the information. We just want people to be a little bit smarter about the things they get out of uh, their training but more importantly when you before you go into training understanding how to get your mind right to to have it you know, Show some success for yourself.
0: All right. So when we think of of trainings and having our mind right, I mean, I immediately, I think first I got to start thinking how do, how would we, you know, encourage a detailer to to think through the process, right? So if we're going to say that we're not against trainings, which we'll say we're that not. again, we're not against trainings, uh, but then we're going to say that detailers should get training, right? Because we couldn't yeah. be we couldn't be either or, right? I mean, you, you're either for trainings or you're against trainings, aren't you? Uh, no, we're in the middle. Oh. Okay. You have
1: people that are so pro training that they'll tell guys to go waste 50 grand a year on training. You have the other side that says, you know, nobody that's good at what they do get training. Well, it's in the middle. And that's where we fall. And that's why so many people have gotten confused because very few people in our industry talk about the middle. The middle ground is, when you need to acquire a skill to go to the next level and you don't have that skill, you're going to have to go get training. But you need to do so in a, in a smart and intelligent manner and understand how to pick those trainings, how to, how to see the frauds in the industry, how to see the things that are lead you down the path uh, of, of, of wrong thinking or uh, lead you down a path of not making money because those people don't know how to make money and they're hosting a training. So here's, here's kind of an easy thought, Marty, that nobody talks about. If you don't know how to wash a car properly, why are you going and learning how to sand a car? Okay, that's kind of where your mindset has to be, right? If you're just getting started, you need to learn the basics. If you're in the middle part of your career and you've put some time in and you got a little bit of experience, okay, what are those middle level skills? And then what are those higher level skills? And so I think that's an easy place to start for a lot of guys to get your mindset in the right place is where am I at in my pursuit of my business, right? What, what are the things that, that I'm really concerned about right now? And what I find is too, far too many beginners try to skip right to the polisher and they don't know how to do anything before that polisher. Then they get the polishing skills, but they never rectify the beginning skills. And so they never become a good polisher. It's a lot like anything in life. The preparation before the polisher hits is, is, is something that people should think about. So it's just a good general rule that I have is make an assessment of where you're at and what you need to go learn.
0: Well, and I think it's going to be a tough thing for guys to decide. It, well, let me yeah. not say it's going to be a tough thing. I think it could be. I think, I think as, as, especially with the amount that is being put out now and uh, we're encouraging everybody to do homework we encourage everybody, Hey, listen, if you want to reach out and, you know, we are happy to recommend some people that we like, uh, it is definitely, uh, definitely there that, that option is available. We're not saying that there's nobody out there, right? That's, Agreed. that's not, that's not anywhere what we're saying, but there has to become a point where when you think of your business and we think of your future, what should you be investing in at this point in time that would benefit you the most now, and then could you get the other training later, right? That's a mindset thought. It's a mindset over your financial situation and on how much are you gonna be investing into this training? So if you're in year one, like Nick said, you're gonna have a different theory and you, well, you should probably have a different mindset theory on training and which trainings to get versus somebody that might be year five, year 10, Year 15, because at year 15, there's probably still trainings. I myself, 18 plus years, still go get trainings where I will sit and gather information from people. Yep. Now I do that in various forms, and I don't pay a lot of money for it, right? Yeah. So there's financial reasons to do layouts of continual education. Now, yep. so if you're year one, when you're thinking, all right, how should I think about getting expertise? in my skill. First of all, let's let's just start from the very first. If, if you haven't listened to the episodes we just did over customer-centric mindset, that's where you need to go back and listen, right? Phase one of you growing a business, building a business, moving from full-time to part-time, having a, a one-person shop to getting four people, you know, whatever it is that you need to go to the next step, you need to listen to those first. Customer-centric mindset. That's the first part. Now, once you've got your customer service dialed in and you're handling your accounts, listen, Nick, you do a great job of customer service, but I'll ask you this question. Uh, if your skill set did not match your customer service, or if your skill set of detailing was just piss poor, it really didn't matter then how great your customer service is, would it? Because you still didn't perform what what you told them that you would perform. So yeah. how do you weigh out that variable of, uh, you know, well, I, I'm doing pretty good on the customer, but I really need to grow my skills to learn yeah. how to detail better. Well,
1: and so, it, you know, a lot of people are wondering when you get your business started, where where should I start, right? Like what, what should I be doing? That's the, that's the number one question we get. Hey, I'm about to, to go full time or, hey, I'm about to start my business you know if you can't do a wash a decon you know all the very basics really well then you should never charge for things more than that you know this is the, where people get into trouble when you overpromise okay and then you underdeliver you're never going to grow your business because what's going to happen is people are just never going to call you back you may be able to get business but you can't retain business and so that's the point you're getting at What about if guys need to acquire skills? Well, first, don't sell skills you don't have. If you're not a great one-step polisher yet and you don't have that skill, then don't sell that, okay? There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I don't have the polishing skill, but I've started my business. And so I'm not gonna polish cars for money until I feel comfortable with that skill, okay? You don't have to do that. And far too many people are being pushed over the edge on those things. And that's where you see detailer after detailer posting look at the holograms on this paint look at the rotary marks on this paint why it's somebody that's undertrained doesn't have the expertise in what they sold sold a $50 buff job and guess what they're not going to grow their customer base those guys go out of business every single day in our industry and so if you're serious about this start from building a very simple business and acquire your skills you know when you get comfortable with a one step start doing one step polishing When you get comfortable doing heavier correction, do heavier correction. Uh, When you get comfortable doing more uh, deeper interior cleaning, offer those things. But there's nothing wrong with starting with the basics. And I think that's where a lot of these trainings lose me. I look at training protocols people release all the time. It goes right to sanding and buffing. Well, let me tell you something. There's a lot in between that. And not very many people are going to pay for you to sand their car. So... I'm a little confused as to why we got to this point. And these training protocols, they're just teaching very, very, very advanced stuff that's very hard to make money on if you just started.
0: All right, so we still got to answer that question as far as timing. Is that an answerable question or not? They should, how, how does somebody, is that just a gut feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean- Or, or look. are
0: you basically saying, just learn it as you go? Is that kind yeah. of what you said?
1: Yeah, what I wouldn't do is you're not gonna you're not gonna stack this training in a in a in a six month period and be up to speed with somebody that's been doing it twenty years. And what I see a lot of beginners trying to do, and, and you know, we're hearing this from a lot of employers, not just in our industry, that recent college graduates want to come out and be making money that their parents are making. Well, they're 22 years old, their parents are 60 years old, and their parents have 40 years in the workforce doing their job. And so there's the divide, right? I mean, you're hearing it every day from employers. That's what's making it tough to hire new, new college graduates. It's the same with your detailing business. You cannot expect within six months of starting your business, you're doing all of these services that somebody that's had been in business 20 years. You're not going to be installing PPF, most likely. You're not going to be doing window tint. You're not going to be doing windshield protection. You're not going to be doing everything. That's all built. Brick by brick by brick. And far too many people are going to these training protocols, $1,000, $3,000, $4,000 for a week worth of training, like they're going to get some system that's going to lead them down the path of success.
0: You know, I don't know if I agree or disagree, Nick, man. uh, That's, uh, you know, but that's the good thing about it. We we can uh, each have an open mind going into these things. You know what else I think we should have an open mind about is we should have an open bar. Mind. (laughs) Hey, Community Pub. This is Marshall. I want to invite you to have a beer with me and other detailers from around the country on the Community Pub every Wednesday night at 730 Central. Hey, grab a beer, grab four. We don't care. Sit at your home, sit at a bar, wherever you want to be. Have a beer with us. Zoom ID 918-800-1188. That's the Community Pub. Wednesday nights, 730 Central, meeting ID 918 800 1188. I look forward to having a beer with you. Now, let's get back to the episode.
1: And I, I think, Marty, where you and I come out on, <clears throat> pardon me, come out on training is start at the beginning. Okay. Get basic skills. <clears throat> pardon me. Um, Get the very basics: wash, decon, one step. Perfect those skills. Then, however many months it takes you to get really, really efficient at that. If you need to go learn how to sand, how to how to do uh, major paint correction, how to do leather repair, those things are gut feelings. But the basics, Marty, are being skipped over by the right, the the, the vast majority of people we talk to and going far too advanced, far too quickly. And what's going to be happening, what happens is, is, those are hard to monetize. Okay. The big type of projects are hard for beginners to learn how to monetize. They end up losing their butt or they don't know how to sell them or they can't find that kind of work. And so to me, I think the training thing has to start at get the basics And then from there, it's probably going to be very gut feeling because of what you're trying to do with your business. Some people may go from uh, a one step type of training below, you know, one step and below, and then be like, you know, I don't want to do massive, massive correction. I want to go learn about PPF installation, right? Like that's what what I'm interested in. And -hmm. so they may not go learn deep sanding techniques because they don't want to get even heavier into paint correction. They want to get into PPF installation. So this is where you as a detailer don't get into this system mindset. You and I are so against that. Nobody's selling you a system because guess what? I I can tell you 50 different directions your detailing business can go. What if you want to go to volume? What if you want to do $150 dealership work? What if you want to do massive paint correction? Then you got to go a different path. So I think this is kind of the flaw in the training system and the mindset I want young guys to have is my path is my path. So I need to get the basics. That's that's bar none, you have to have those. But after the basics, I need to feel out and really kind of understand even more and more what skills are going to add to my business and what kind of information is going to be good in my brain as a business rather than just, well, I heard this guy runs a great training, so I'm going there. Because your business is not someone else's business.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good lesson to learn. We we've we've said it definitely. I mean, it's it's hard for somebody in a different state to tell you how to run your business with the customers in your local area, because you know customers in Vegas are gonna be yeah. different than customers in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now they might say it every week. Similarities, almost. right? They might drive a similar car, right? Or they might be themselves in a similar industry, but. I'm just telling you, I know my customers are going to be different than your customer. You know, it just, yeah. I, it, you know, it, it just, it, it's that way. So it is hard for detailers to go and get a system from somebody when, you know, that system is not necessarily pinpointed directly on their local customer base. So when cut, when detailers are starting to think about uh, moving from, you know, they've, they've accomplished their customer centric, they're, they're ready to bring in, they've, they've, they've done, maybe done some of their uh, testing on stuff They're They figured out, they, they want to go pick a uh, pick a trainer and they want to go. All right. Uh, any, any thoughts on how they go through picking them out? Like what should somebody look for in a trainer? Should they, you know, should, should it be another detailer? Should it be somebody that, that has a training facility? Should it be a company? I mean, there's, there's a lot of variables of, uh, you know, of choices to make. Uh, what, what's your guide? How do you recommend somebody look at it?
1: Well, first of all, you need to look at what skill you're trying to get, okay? And, and let's just use an obscure skill that most detailers are talking about today. Let's say you want to learn to install PPF, okay? Let's just use that one. I wanna bring PPF into my business. I got all the basics, my customers are built up. I wanna start offering this service. First and foremost, I'm gonna find out, hey, who's a great installer, okay? Who's doing it right now very, very well, right? Uh, Same can be said for extreme paint correction. Who's doing that very well? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna search that out. Not who has the flashiest cars, but who's doing quality installations? Who's doing those high level installations? The next thing that I think that you take from that is, are they doing these every day? Okay, are they still in the mix? Because one of the things I see in our industry that I'm just going to go on, speak for me, is training companies, that all they do is training. They don't service customers. They're not detailers anymore. They want you to believe they were detailers once upon a time. Some were, some weren't. There's a big debate about that but they're charging you $4,000 a week and they haven't detailed a car for money in 20 years by all accounts, I'm out. So those guys are gone. If it's just a training company, we know some that are online, we, I'm out. If it's just a training company, you can count me out. Not gonna do it. I am going to look for somebody that has elite level skill at the thing I wanna go acquire. And I'm going to be hyper-focused on what skill I want to go acquire. Now, if it's just general business no- or general detailing knowledge, there's a bunch of reputable companies that run you know, very entry-level beginner type of stuff. That's what we discussed earlier, but I wanted to readdress that. There's a bunch of detailers that run really nice beginner level polishing, decon, those types of things. But when I get into my advanced skills, I am going to the people that are known for having that and i'm going to do research after research after research and i'm going to make sure that if i go to that training on ppf that i'm going specifically learn ppf i'm not going to sit there and listen to a guy that has a one person shop but is a great ppf installer about business you want to know why he's not where i want to be i want to have 5 10 15 uh, team members employees whatever this guy has none So just go there and learn the PPF skill, even if at that training they talk business. And this is the big rub with me right now. People with elite level skill but can't run a successful business teaching business at the end of their training. So if I go to the PPF training, Marty, guess what I want to do? I want to learn PPF installation. I want to learn some tricks of the trade. If I pick up a little tidbit here and there on some other stuff, great but I'm really hyper focused on that one thing that I know that one person is good at. That's my mindset because what we have as a mindset in our industry now is, Hey, you know, Marty, I'm going to go to this, this training and I'm going to learn everything about the detailing world. Man, that's not going to happen. And I we see more people and we've had it on your podcast before their business actually go to $0 with that mindset rather than success. And so find who has that skill you're trying to acquire. And if they offer training, go get it. I would prefer for me, I would not go to any training company trainings period in the story. I don't care who it is. If they're not in it every day, I'm not going.
0: All right. Well, that, that's good news. I, I, I guess I don't really fully have a, a solid pick out a who to know who to not go. Uh, it's probably definitely me more in the middle on that. Uh, there's definitely some ways that mindfully I would look at it. I would look at price versus a couple different things. And so uh, that's where I think I want to transition in on the mindset of how do we choose, right? So if I kind of started putting this together because I was like, hmm, I wonder what would be the best way of choosing? How would I go about doing it? And so we've got a couple different points that we wanted to toss back and forth. And the first off I wanted to say is, well, what's it gonna cost you with time, right? So the mindset of time off, how much time off is it gonna take you to go learn? Now, this could be, right? We're talking about multiple different avenues of whatever you wanna to choose to learn, but just think of how much time is it gonna cost you? That's a, it's a big one because if, if your time off and you're a one person operation, that means that your revenue most likely goes to zero. Yep. And so when you're taking a week, if you're taking a day of the uh, the week on, you know, it could be a, a Monday training, it could be a, a Wednesday training, it could be an all week training, it could be a weekend training, right? I think that if I'm gonna look at it, I wanna evaluate what's it gonna cost me on my time? My yeah, time exactly. off, and then, how much time is the event? How, much, how how long is it? Is, you know, Nick. There's there's a theory that I have when I've gone to classes and gone to schooling. If it's too long, you I, I mean you almost you you really retain less. But if it's shorter, more concise, and gets to very specific points, you the detail would actually probably learn more.
1: Yeah. And and here's a, here's a time conversation and training. You know, this has been my argument for a while. You have major companies in our industry that are offering trainings, but you got to fly to a location that some people are 3000 miles away from travel that you're getting no education for, right? It's eating time. Then you got to stay at a hotel. That's eating time and money as long with your plane ticket. Then you got to go to the training. Then they usually sell you equipment. I mean, we see very few trainings, honestly, that in total cost, if it's not near you, is under $2,500. Very few. And then you start asking yourself, I got to get back on my feet when I get home. I got to get back in touch with my customers, especially for those starting out new. And so too many new business owners are too eager to take time away from their business and not think about the cost of, you may lose two weeks worth of business the training might be 3 days but you have a travel day you have money then you have to get back in touch with clients and then maybe a client falls through for monday and all of a sudden it's like oh no i just lost you know 10 total days of lurk of work because if you work on the weekends as well those are business days for a lot of detailers so it's not just a monday and friday monday through friday you lose you lose everything so i like where you're going with this is that time is so important And so many people struggle in their business because their mindset is, well, I got to go do this. Well, no, you don't have to do anything. Okay. You don't have to do anything just because it's popular on the internet or just because somebody told you about it. Your mindset needs to be, have I evaluated the total cost of all of this? My time away from my business, my time away from my clients. And, And look, when your business gets bigger, here's what's always funny to me. Detailers see my business today and they're like, oh, you have X number of people that work for you. Now you can go do these things. Well, what do you think happens now? When I can't talk to my team and I can't help my customers or I can't go put out a fire that may come up, there's lost revenue. You never not lose revenue when you leave as a business owner. Doesn't matter how big your company is. I know what people think. Oh, so there's always a loss to it. What you're hoping is the training makes up for the loss long term, but that's why choosing the people you you train with is so important because you're losing the business then, but you're hoping that that skill or whatever it is you went and got trained on allows you to make more money long term. And that's why that is such an important decision of the information you allow in your brain as a business owner, not only in the moment that you just described with your time and whatever, but You need it to pay off long-term. And if it doesn't, that's all just wasted.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right. So mindset of what you're going to be learning. I know this is a interesting one. Uh, So if I'm going to look at uh, different trainings, try to pick out which one I really want to know, what am I going to be learning? And, and it's, it goes into what, what you basically said is, what do I need? What skill set? What thing do I need for my business? I don't really want to waste my time as a business owner going somewhere. And I don't want to waste my money going somewhere. If I get there and I don't really learn what I need, I think we call that you got to get and find out what nuggets, what things you're going to pull out from those trainings, because, Let's, let's go over again. If it's, if it's a long period of training, you're gonna get a mass amount of information and you're gonna jumble it together and come out with just a few. If it's too short, there might not be enough, right? But if it's two days, is that right? I don't know. So what is it that you need when you're thinking of it as a detailer? You know, what mindset do you need on gathering the information? And it could also be what's the, what's the, what's the style? Uh, are you as a detailer? Are you a sit down in a class kind of guy and have somebody go through and you're writing and taking notes? You could be you. That could be. Or are you more of a hands-on? I just want to go and, and grab somebody's tool and, and I want to go learn how to use their tool. Okay? Great. You know then you need to go find a place that only is talking about the tool, the product, the pad and how to do this, and nothing else. So it should then on that be probably pretty concise. Uh, so I think you know, definitely when I'm thinking mindset of, of what information I'm gonna get, I'm gonna really think on those topics. I, I also am gonna think if I'm going on the mindset of learning, Nick, this is, uh, this is an interesting part that you and I agree on. Not many people will really uh, understand, but uh, I started learning about the ether uh, when I when listened to a book. I don't read books very well. Uh, really, I've only read a couple. I, I got tested in high school, at only barely reading over 100 words a minute. So that's sort of like going. The cat went down. I mean, so it's super slow. Got to go. <laughs> horrible reader. Not a good reader at all. So I don't read many books. But uh, there was a book that I listened to that I encourage anybody, if they're a reader, to pick it up, or if you're a listener, go pick it up, and uh, it. You remember what book I'm talking about with the ether, how to think and grow rich? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. How to think and grow rich uh, written long, 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 long time ago, which is very interesting. What? Close to probably a hundred years ago now, right? It was, it was a long time ago. And and he set out uh, on what is it that about rich people or people that have a lot vast, uh, large amounts of money what is a lot that goes through their mind? And he talks about an ether, that there's a receptor inside of our minds that some of us give out and some of us are bigger on receivers. So uh, if you if you don't want to go that far at it, you know, because some people are to this day go, holy fuck, like y'all crazy, right? Yeah. I get it. No worries. Yeah. Maybe that's a bit far for you. Uh, yeah. I could also go back into uh, some of my religious days where we would be programmed in a sense of, hey, you know, you." You don't let garbage in because then garbage is going to come back out. You, yep. you can't watch these things because then you'll want to do these things, right? There's, there's certain parts of, of the mind that we all have that whatever we're absorbing will begin to influx in us and then we might not even know how it comes out. And so yep. we should really, really be careful of what's that person's attitude? What's their lifestyle like? How do they talk? Uh, are they going to talk down on me? Are they going to give me a, Hey, this is the way you're going to do it. Or is it an open dialogue? Are they going to allow me the freedom to have a, uh, we say that if you're a detailer, then you're an artist. And that artists have the ability to choose different patterns and paths. And, Oh, look, we're going to make that one a tree, right? I mean, he's the yep. best. <laughs> you yep. make a little oopsie, and now uh, they, you know, we're going to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I, I definitely, that would be my encouragement. Definitely. when, when, when detailers think of that, do you have any thoughts uh, to clarify the ether on what that might be or, or, or yeah. why tellers should really be cautious uh, about how they listen to people?
1: Yeah, um, we've said it for probably the last year on here. You and I, different times. One of the things that people aren't taking seriously enough is the information they're taking in. And I think you can look at the past election. You know, we we've stayed, I've told people, this isn't my thing. I'm not going to spend the time necessary, but look at the divisiveness, look at the ugliness, look at the, the bitterness, and look at all the bad information, people. If you if you watch CNN, you get certain information. If you watch Fox News or you go to these websites, you're getting the information that feeds your brain. And you're watching people pick up guns and go do crazy things. You're watching people you know, line the streets and damage property, all because of the information they're taking in. And so it's no different for the detailer. You know, if you take in bad business information and you go employ that in your business, you're going to fail. It's as simple as that. You can't take bad information in and great things come out. Now, there's a lot of people that can reject bad information. Very few people, as we find out now, going through some of the times we have in this country, very very few people know how to take in a whole bunch of information, reject the bad, choose the good, and move on with their life. So for a beginning business owner, I can tell you, if you're not really particular about who you're listening to and the information you're allowing into your business, it's going to be a very, very large uphill battle, even more than it is just starting a business statistically. It's already a major uphill battle, but bad information coming into your business is going to make it such an uphill battle that we're gonna see most people fail in that instance.
0: And it was sad, you, you you have mentioned before, if anybody wants to go find those old pub podcasts, there was a, a a guy that hopped on a pub recently and he was he was sad that he had won, got some training and literally had come back and it, it actually had been worse for his business and he had started yeah. away. And,
1: and, and here's he the deal, he you, you text me, I want people to hear this story you know marty has this guy on he's sharing all these cool things and then you know marty's like hey man we need to step up and talk a little bit about this and i want people to know man this guy has a had a good little business he had no reason to think that i needed to go do this or that okay he wasn't in the position that he needed to take this massive leap into training he needed a little leap into training he needed a little bump in training. He didn't need a week-long training. He didn't need five weeks of training. He needed to go learn a little skill here and there. So he goes and he jumps in the deep end with some, with a company that charges a lot of money comes back. Marty flips his business on its head and has no business.
0: Yeah. He was happy I mean, that he was going to get a coding. You know, I, he thought he had one later in the week and he had talked to yeah. somebody and next week. He might get one too. It was like, Oh shit.
1: And by the way, before he went to the training, he had worked every weekend, all weekend. Yeah. So this is, this is the the bad information in, you can't get good out. Good information in, good out. You know, that that's as simple as a skis. And this is where the mindset is. I see so many people getting into business thinking Johnny or Sally or Susie or whoever has an answer for me. No, man, they don't. And if somebody is teaching you business, especially in this industry, and they're struggling to keep their shop open and they're struggling to to explain to you why they're running so many trainings, then guess what? You need to run the other way. You're going to find somebody that works for you. Those aren't the people. You know, if somebody's just teaching you a skill, great. There's a lot of people that can teach skills. We have very few people in this industry that I would trust to teach detailing business ethics, business uh, success, business everything related to this industry. I I just don't see a lot of it. And that's where we need people to be cautious. You can get skills. A lot of people are very, very talented in our industry. It's when those talented people who've never made a successful business start talking business that we have a problem. And that's where the bad information can really get people down the wrong path.
0: So as money detailers, those that want to grow long-term, that want to, as Nick and I have, Nick's got longer in, in the industry than I by a few years, but combined almost 40 years in the industry. And uh, we both started off with opening up a business, right? Different ways, but we both started. And so we know where you're at. We understand we have been there. We just happen to have done it in decades before and then yep. continue to do it as we're still there. Nick, you still service customers. I still service customers. We still clean cars as a business on a regular basis. So uh, we are dive heavy into our industry. It is ours. We are detailers. We are the money detailers. We are the ones that have it. What do we have, Nick? Well, we have time. Time is probably what I would say is our greatest our greatest resource. But yep. for you and I, that amount of time is continuing to shrink.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: Uh, for those that are in their twenties to thirties, they got more time than we have,
1: yep. but
0: the time in and what we know, well, it's pretty cool. And I'm very thankful yep. that you would take then your time to give it away. And, and that's, that's what we do. Uh, we don't think that the information should be charged. We think that it should be free. We think that, uh, you know, Hey, if you want to come learn a skill, I'm happy to teach it for you. Not everybody want to choose that way. That's no problem. You know, if you guys are listening, gals, if anybody wants to reach out and say, Hey, I would like to get a little bit deeper information because when I do a training, right? I mean, it's, we go in, we hit some hits, we go, we got it and we move. If you want to dive in deeper, right? just, reach out. I can refer you over some people that I would recommend that could give you a a deeper dive into it. Happy to do it. Don't ever think that we're going to say, don't go get training. We just want you to have a mindset that somebody that wants to be in it more long-term, right? Somebody that doesn't want to just be here for a year or two, but you want to grow a business. You want to have a lifestyle that you choose on your own terms, how you choose to live your life. And all the things that could come with that, well, that's why we want to talk about what it takes to be there and the mindset that it takes. So Nick, thank you as always for your time. We uh, really appreciate it. And uh, hey, we'll see you next week, man.
1: All right, brother. Talk to you
0: soon. All right. <coughs> all right. Episode is over. Go leave a review. Share the value. Be a part of community. <laughs>